Hello, and welcome to the XR Stories podcast, where extended reality and storytelling meet. In this series, you'll meet creative producer John Rose Adams. John will be talking to the creators and innovators behind immersive storytelling projects supported by XR Stories. You're going to hear about all sorts of interactive storytelling genres, from theatre to gaming to virtual reality escape rooms, and so much more. This time, John is joined by Kath from Fettel Animation and Melody on behalf of Joy Polloi to discuss the awesome Animal Safari, an interactive storytelling experience for young children. So, pick up your binoculars and keep your eyes and ears open as we are going out on safari. Well, hello, Kath. Hello, Melody. It's absolutely amazing to welcome you to the XR Stories podcast. First off, Kath, could you tell me a little bit about yourself, about your company, Fettel, your role within that company as well, and also the role in relation to the project? Well, hello, John. Thank you so much for having me here. So I'm the producer here at Fettel Animation. We're a small animation company in the hills in Yorkshire, a place called Marsden near Huddersfield. And uh, yeah, I run the company. It's my company. I run it with my husband, Zane Whittingham. And yeah, the, the project's been fantastic. We've really, really enjoyed the opportunity. Um, uh, we called our project the uh, Awesome Animal Safari. And we had an opportunity to see how interactive we could make our animation. So we've done some research into the opportunities for interactive projects. And we've also uh, made a little animated prototype uh, for an augmented reality animated experience. And we had the great pleasure of working with the wildlife presenter, Michaela Strachan, who was amazing. And she did a really good job. That's brilliant. I definitely want more Michaela chat later in our conversation. I don't want to miss that opportunity. But Melody, now over to you. So I'm going to introduce you as a little bit special because during the, the life of the project, which is which is uh, finished now, um, but you were working uh, with Joy Polloi. So I'm hoping you'll be able to talk a little bit about Joy Polloi and your role there. But you are now, as of today, the recording of this podcast, working with XR Stories. Absolutely. And thank you very much for that intro. Um, love being referred to as a special person. So I, I worked at Joy Polloi. Um, so Joy Polloi are a creative agency in Sheffield. And uh, we we submitted uh, three projects actually for last year, um, Awesome Safari being one of them. So we partnered with Kath um, for that project and looked at the technical side of um, the project. So how we could bring these beautiful animations to life. Okay, so I'm going to challenge you both now to describe, which is always difficult, this immersive prototype that you developed. So can you can you talk us through what it is and I guess maybe what kinds of technology you've bought into the story experience to bring it alive? 
So yeah, so we have the wonderful writer Tom Jordan who put together a story based on all the fun bits of elephants uh, for young children. And uh, he wrote us a lovely script which uh, the wonderful Michaela Strachan recorded. It's the story of Kia, who is a young elephant who's lost her mum on the way to the watering hole. And the audience together uh, help Kia to find her mum. From the biggest to the smallest, the widest to the tallest, the shortest to the longest, and the lightest to the strongest. They're awesome animals. They're pawsome, they're clawsome, they're awesome, they're moresome, they're awesome animals. Really on the prototype, we hoped that we'd be able to go further, but we just about worked our way around how to control the elephant using the, the motion tracking. But basically the user can make the elephant's trunk go up and down, can make the ears flippy flappy and give the feet a very big stomp. So uh, those are the main things we, we managed to, uh, to work through in our research process. But we have all the audio ready, including uh, Michaela Strachan going, Move a bit more to the left. Move a bit more to the right. <laughs> Could you say that again, please? <laughs> so uh, we have uh, all of those as well. So uh, she was a great sport in uh, in coming up with all that. So we've got a huge resource of, of material that we can uh, develop into the fuller prototypes. Yeah, I think the developer on this um, was hearing Michaela Strachan in his sleep. Um. <laughs> <laughs> please could you say that again? That's brilliant! Can you do it again? <laughs> That's it! I can touch on the technical side of things. Mm. So, I mean, it was a huge undertaking and responsibility for us, if I'm honest, because for us it was, how do we bring these beautiful animations to life technically? And I think a lot of the motion tracking software that's on the market is focused primarily on 3D. So for us, it was how do we do this in 2D, which we felt was the right approach for the animation style. So for the prototype, we uh, were looking at that scope of movement. So we wanted to explore that feeling of virtual puppeteering to create this control and movement of Kia, the elephant. And in terms of specific tech, we looked at uh, React and some libraries, um, particularly one called Media Pipe Pose. And this gave us the most accurate results um, for limb tracking because we wanted to be able to include hands and feet in that because particularly with some of the interactions which you're focusing on the movement of a trunk, we needed to get the detail of hand kind of feet movement in that and the feet were particularly important for the stomping interaction that we were working on. So yeah, I think there was a challenge, uh, not only in terms of the tech for the actual motion tracking, but also blending that motion tracking into this narrative. So making sure it complemented the storytelling experience and didn't just feel like an add on. So that's something Kath and I spent a lot of time working out with the scriptwriter Tom, defining that, and also working out when we might blend the motion tracking with triggered animations. So things like 
success animation. So if you completed an interaction showing them, yes, you've done it correctly. And yeah, it was, it was really important, I think, to make that feel like a coherent user journey. So a lot of back and forth and, and R&D was spent on that. All I need you to do is give me a big clap to make the animal appear. Wow, it's an elephant, one of the most amazing animals on the planet. Isn't she magnificent? She's called Kia. She's nine years old and she's looking for someone to play with. I think you'd be a perfect friend. Shall we say hello? Elephants use their trunks to greet each other. So how about making your arm into a trunk? <laughs> That's it. Where was the seed of the idea? Like, Why did you want to explore something with AR, you know, using motion tracking and, and animation? Like, where, where did all that start? Where did it all start? Uh, well, many, many years back, Zane, uh, he was an animator in games. So uh, that's very much part of his backstory and, and what he's all about. We're also, well, I'm really interested in playfulness and the idea of um, how children can get more involved with what you do. And I thought this was a great opportunity really to bring technology and some very simple playfulness. And there seems to be, there's, there's a great amount of technology out there, but not a massive amount done for the real little people. <laughs> and, uh, and I just love the way they approach all of this stuff and the, the way they think and the opportunities really for them to, to get involved in this world as, as digital natives. I think it's very exciting. I wish I'd have had all these tools available to me from such a, a young years. Um, from Joy Polloy's perspective, we're looking at immersive gaming as this really important growth area. And I know fitness gaming is a huge industry already for adults, but the gaze has really been cast now to content for children, like the Go Noodle. And I know they started out doing fitness style videos. So there's obviously a lot of other people doing similar types of immersive gaming for kids. And I think particularly there's a widespread concern that children are becoming more sedentary, don't have a drive to stay active, sit in front of their screens far too much. And what I loved about Awesome Safari, I mean, I was a huge, huge fan of the trailer when Kath first showed it to me. And what I like is that this blends storytelling with activity and encourages and sort of feeds kids' curiosity. Now, what about seeing if you can flap your ears, put your hands on your head with your elbows sticking out to make your own elephant ears. <laughs> Brilliant! Now give your elephant ears a flap and see if Kia copies you. Can you wiggle them even more? Yes! She's doing it! Great ear flapping! Well, the, uh, the funny thing was that uh, I think Tom, the writer, he put, imagine the voice is Michaela Strachan. So uh, I thought, I'll tell you what then, I'll ring up Michaela Strachan's agent. And I don't think he expected her to turn around and say yes straight away. <laughs> <laughs> but she was so enthusiastic. Yeah, I had such a fan moment yes. when you announced that she was going to be voicing this because, you know, 
for me growing up she was the face of so many wildlife kids tv programs brilliant and um a shared fan moment the really wild show was it was something else genuinely most of my childhood and um, there's a great little video i've seen of michaela in the sound booth recording that just seeing how how wonderfully expressive mm. voice talent needs to be or can be to really bring this stuff to life. So I, I, I try and borrow a bit of Michaela's spirit. Absolutely. <laughs> so I know that when you started out, the, there was the idea to have this in, in a sort of an installation environment. And, and part of that reason is you get to control more parameters. So yeah. if you place the screen and the uh, the camera device where you know it's going to be, the calibration and the setting up of the experience can be much more easily controlled and lighting can be controlled and and other people in, in, in the, the shot at the same time. So with, with COVID and not being knowing we won't be able to target that, you focused on creating sort of a home-based experience and something that uh, somebody in their personal computer could um, could do. So to, talk us a little bit through that, you know, like ha, just how different is that as a set of challenges to being able to control a lot of parameters to being able to control relatively few? And how did you overcome some of those? Uh, I can answer that one. I think going into this, we didn't realise quite how much of a an issue things like lighting and particularly user heights as well because you know children are coming all shapes and sizes and who knew i know <laughs> i know so even just to give you an example um so one of the interactions you have to stomp along um, with kia and what we hadn't realized is unless you get the device in just the right sort of tilt uh, on the screen then most most of the time you know from torso downwards you can't actually see people's limbs at all so trying to get the system to detect leg movement was almost impossible so we had to re-engineer it kayla threw in another line didn't she She did so can't you move your arms as well swing your arms yes (laughs) (laughs) which was which was perfect because then we could track that and we were able to sort of um to get over that stumbling block but there were still issues and i mean it was great in that we did have access to a few colleagues kids um to test this so we got some first-hand feedback I think it would have been, I mean, it would have been great for us actually to to go ahead with our plan and get this into a fixed space and control all these variables. But um, in a way, it's broadened the horizons of the project, I think. And given, Kath, I'm, I'm sure you'd agree, lots of food for thought in terms of other avenues that you can go down. I know you're thinking more around the sort of games perspective. It's opened up all sorts of new thinking. And Zane... Um in this animation uh really opening the doors to well just just letting rip with so many creative ideas and being open-ended with children not prescribing what the outcome will be of things offering them open-ended invitations to play rather than prescribing everything that would have gone on that's brilliant it made me think of a question around kind of interactivity and and mainstream sort of tv and media there's been a few fairly early stage experiments with interactivity so things like bandersnatch on netflix which gave us a sort of a choose your own adventure press left press right 
choose an option um, and that's extrapolated into some animated um, and some you know, animations for younger audiences so Carmen Sandiego has a, a few um, of its episodes which are driven by an interactive device but I wonder whether how far do you think we're away from replacing the button press left and right type interactivity with with other forms of interactivity and having more of the sorts of technology I guess you're exploring in your project in the home and as part of just what's in the home is that the real future or do you see you know TV being quite static and then other forms of sort of playful um, story experiences coming at us from different kinds of devices? I think from my perspective, I think there's there's definitely a huge growth area for personalised experiences and that being both in entertainment and in education. So, I mean, the BBC have invested very heavily, particularly in AI experiences, uh, audio experiences for kids. So you've got lots of, um, with the smart speaker, um, you've got lots of story experiences now that have that branching narrative element, which I think is it's really nice to get personalized content, personalized stories and get a unique take on, on a narrative. So I, I think we're definitely gonna see more of this immersive content. And I think for gaming and education, there's a particular sort of growth area there, particularly I, I know earlier I mentioned Go Noodle, their videos, um, which they're originally fitness videos, they were really popular in schools. And now they're starting to branch out into these movement games, which are using a similar sort of technology with motion sensors um, to what we've looked at for this project. I think we're going to see a lot more of this type of, of games and entertainment in the next few years, certainly. We came across quite a lot in the research that we're beginning to explore some of those things, but clearly the, the technology wasn't quite ready for them. So they 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 gave the illusion that, that the user was controlling what was going on, but they were actually kind of just playing bits of video and then, then the interaction caught up with them later. So... I think uh, all of those things are, are coming on stream. Yeah. I think just a lot of these have been focused, um, these experiences have been focused on sort of fitness type experiences. So as I just mentioned, the Go Noodle one, it's all about jumping around to and playing along to a dance routine. But I think where we've sort of broadened that to a slightly more sort of um, immersive storytelling sort of focus. So with Awesome Safari, it's about, feeding curiosity it's about going off on this journey with Kia and learning as you go through this safari with her and you explore her homeland and I think that's what's really unique about this because it's encouraging visual learning as well as increasing physical movement and development so I think we're we're trying to really blend that physical activity with narrative storytelling that's i think where there is a gap and and where what we are, have been trying to achieve with this project is fairly unique oh definitely definitely i think that segues nicely into sort of a more uh, sort of the broader sort of markets and the view so you were really lucky to work with carlton reeve from the university of bradford who did a lot of the sort of the early kind of positioning work and some of the market um 
market trends and demographics and things that are affecting you know which technologies are more relevant um to younger audiences and storytelling in particular did you form a view um around how these interactive and immersive technologies sit alongside the traditional form. So animation has a long and wonderful and evolving history in terms of it, it in a linear form. And then we have this promise of all these interactive potential for the, for the form that is animation. How do you think they sit next to each other and, and, and where, where does that go um, just for audiences? Uh, are they, do you see them separate in the future? Are they all just going to be the same thing going forwards? And in particular, Kath, in terms of the commissioning models and how work gets to audiences right now, are things changing um, and are conversations around animation now more or include conversation about interactive as well as linear? And how does it all work? It's the brave new world at the moment. It's the Wild okay. West. So, uh, yeah, everyone's doing things differently. I feel like we're on one of those uh, silent movies where you're um, uh, laying the track in front of the, the wheels of the train almost. So there are new models uh, shaping all around things. And I've not formed a definitive view yet as to how anybody does things. I've been part of Cartoon 360 and Cartoon Digital this year online and listening and, and watching some of the the, the, the projects um, that have been coming through on there and some of the Annecy interactive projects. And at the moment, they, they seem sort of separate from the, the, the linear animations. But again, we're an adaptable bunch. <laughs> I wanted to finish off talking a bit about other stuff that's cool that that you can um, recommend to us. So one of the questions I like to ask our guests is um, what's the most interesting immersive or interactive experience you've come across in the last 12 to 18 months and why do you think it's cool? I enjoyed at Annecy, there was an um, um, interactive experience called Dordoin, I think it was, and it was... Um, it was like a, a kind of virtual tourist guide to the Doidoin area and you could walk through and they'd modelled things based on actual landscapes and you had a little quest to uh, to run around there. It was absolutely beautiful. It was done all in watercolours and they kind of 3D mapped everything and then laid this 2D watercolour surface over the top of it. It was absolutely exquisitely beautiful, very yeah. delicate, completely blew my mind for anything I'd seen before. I would say probably since getting the new Oculus Quest 2, I've really loved there's a game called Fuji and in the same sort of vein of playful storytelling, it's this little magical world that you go into in VR and you have to go around and you have little puzzles to complete and the world you enter into is very kawaii it's very japanese themed there's even characters that look if if anyone out there is a, a bit of an animation geek like me and loves studio ghibli then they would love it too because there's lots of little characters that look very reminiscent of characters from from the films but that to me was just mind-boggling I think my other one, retro one, was always Jet Set Radio. 
I just adored that, where you're a, a girl skater on your way to outrun the police, tagging um, graffiti on the subway. And I was like imagining myself as this very cool punk kind of fugitive from the law. And, and of course, I'm a, a, a straight-laced, middle-aged, law-abiding citizen these days. So uh, <laughs> my, my kind of wild alter ego is still roaming the streets of Tokyo somewhere. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. I like the retro tip. I, I've found all of the BBC micro programs um, via an emulator the other day. And just had a thoroughly good time exploring like the very birth of text-based adventure games on computers and just how sort of wonderfully frustrating they are and how and how far they've come, but also how cle- sort of clever they were in terms of using what functionality that very kind of early computer could give them. So yeah, I like a good retro. A retro tip is good. And then I guess finally then, what for storytellers looking to explore immersive and interactive opportunities to tell their stories what are the kind of key challenges and opportunities that you know so having gone through your experience with um awesome safari what would you say the yeah the challenges and opportunities for immersive storytelling right now there are less gatekeepers than in the uh, the linear world so i think mm-hmm. that is uh, that's both a challenge and a huge opportunity so uh, people with good ideas can get it in the world without people going nah <laughs> so uh, and and if you've got the time to put into it i think there's there's a lot you can do with a, a good idea and some time exactly i think for r d you have that luxury of just being able to get stuck in with an idea iterate play around with it throw things out that don't work add things in that do. And that's a luxury that, I mean, from an agency perspective, you don't often get. So it's this amazing opportunity to just go for it and try new things. And I would recommend, you know, any agencies out there looking to do this type of work to absolutely make sure you invest that time in R&D because it's so beneficial and it could take you on a whole different path. Amazing top tips well i'm gonna conclude our conversation now and say thank you so much for your brains um and your enthusiasm it's so good to hear i guess all the way from sort of that early idea how you charted choppy waters around covid um and came up with a genuinely like lovely um playful prototype of what i hope will be a really interesting sort of story or set of stories in the future so thank you so much kath for melody Thank you. And can I say thank you so much to you guys, uh, to the, the XR Stories team, because you've been so encouraging, supportive, helpful, and really kind of held my hand through the process and um, and stabilised me when I had my wobbly, oh, what am I doing moments? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, really sharing in that joy with us. So thank you so much. It's been smashing. Oh, bless you. Thank you for listening to the XR Stories podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and don't forget to rate and review to help more people find us. You can find more information on our projects by heading to our website, xrstories.co.uk or you can find us on Twitter at xr underscore stories.
XR Stories supports research and development in cutting-edge digital technologies in the Yorkshire and Humber region. We have a programme of funding, research collaboration and connection to champion a new future in storytelling. XR Stories is supported and funded by the Arts and Humanities Research Council, the European Regional Development Fund, the University of York, the British Film Institute and Screen Yorkshire.